A at Psalm 67. Psalm 67. So if you have Bibles and want to look at it in your Bibles, it'll, I think, also be on the screen, the overhead, on the display, but Psalm 67. It's known as the missionary psalm. It's a great, uh, uh, it's a great missions text, actually. Psalm 67, a well-known text. Uh, before we read, let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Open our eyes, our hearts, our minds to behold the wonders of your word. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And make his face shine on us, so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear Him. It's a short but a beautiful psalm. It talks a lot about blessing. And I, as I was reading through this, I thought, you know, there's a lot of really, I think, confusion around the term bless and blessing. I, I heard someone speak recently, and he was telling about how he was at one point talking with a Jewish rabbi. And the rabbi said to him, you know, you Christians are really strange. He said, because you pray for God to bless your food. Why would you do that? Because when you pray for, God, for God's blessing, in the Hebrew understanding of that, blessing means to give life. You're praying for a dead chicken. Why would you do that? He said, and it just, you realize, we throw around the term bless, but we don't really think about what it means. In fact, the, the Hebrews will say, Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam. Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe, for you give us, and then they say, the fruit or the, the grain or the wine. You, you provide us, but it's, the blessing is to God, actually. We do it differently, but do we think about, in fact, we, we often even confuse blessing with luck. 
An aunt recently, I was chatting with her on the phone. She lives out in Michigan, but, and I hadn't seen her in, in, in many years. And, and we were talking about, you know, how's your family? How's your wife? And, you know, Je Jennifer, how's your wife? You really lucked out with Jennifer, didn't you? And I said, I don't know if that's the right term. You know, lucked out? I think I see it as a blessing, but lucked out? We just throw the term around, the terms around, like Someone sneezes, bless you, bless you, interesting. What does it mean to say, bless you, bless us, Lord? Well, this psalm is all about blessing, and you have to find its roots, its foundation, actually, in other Old Testament verses and references. The first is in Genesis 12 the blessing of God to Abraham. When God says in Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3, to Abraham, as he's just calling him, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples, literally it's families in the Hebrew, all families or all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And here we have that idea of God in Psalm 67, uh, may bless us, Lord, so that the nations, the peoples, will be blessed. Now, the next verse that's really uh, foundational for understanding this text is in Numbers chapter 6. You're familiar with this. It's the Aaronic blessing, the priestly blessing of the Old Testament. Go back to the beginning, verse 24. Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. You've heard this, right? Next one. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Next one. The Lord turn his face toward you and give his peace. Now listen again to verse 1 of this text of Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine shine on us. It's actually very much referencing specifically that Numbers text. God's blessing for His people so that the peoples, all the peoples of the earth are blessed. Now, you, you see how similar that verse 1 particularly and Numbers 6 are, but there are some differences, some key differences. First, a little bit of Hebrew here, sorry, but in the text in, in Psalm, Psalm 67, the word for God, you notice in the, even in our English text, they just put God. It's Elohim, okay? It's the generic term for God in Hebrew. It's El, or the, you, you've probably heard in, in, in Arabic or in the Muslims, Allah. They all come from the same root, Okay? just that general name for God. That's what they use in Psalm 67. But in, back in Numbers, the term is actually Lord, with capital L-O-R-D, the divine covenant name for Israel. But here, it's always Elohim. It's always that generic sense, that almost that sense of it's broader. In fact, the um, Psalms, Psalms 60 through 67, are known, that whole section is known as the Elohistic 
Psalter. It's the name for God is almost always Elohim. Only one time do they use the divine Lord, capital L-O-R-D. All the other times, it's always Elohim, and there's this growing sense throughout that section and actually beyond a bit to the sense of this universalistic reach of God's kingdom. Because the other difference between the the Numbers text and what we have here in Psalm 67 is in Numbers, the you, the Lord bless you and keep you is always singular. Now, it's referring to the people, but it's this, this block of people, the you, you, the Lord bless you, you as a people. But in this text, it's the Lord bless us, plural, and so that the peoples, the nations are blessed. It's this sense that, that God's plan to bless His people is way beyond just His chosen people, but it's, it's for the nations, it's for the peoples. They use three different Hebrew terms here for the nations and the peoples. It's way beyond that. Now, what I want to highlight is just three things then from this text. The first is God desires, God desires to bless the nations. Now, that's important to remember because if you look at the the deities, the gods, little g, of the nations in the ancient world and in uh, even Greco-Roman, those gods are really not very nice gods. <laughs> they're really unpredictable. They're capricious. They're, they can be vindictive. You, you've, you, you just don't never know what they're going to pull on you. And it's always this cat and mouse game of trying to keep on the right side of that god. And even the gods of the nations, they're, they're not always nice. <laughs> They're unpredictable. They can be very unpredictable. Also, if you think about it, I don't know if you've read uh, some of the, the anti-Christian sort of Christian rhetoric that's out there, say, of the new atheism or that, but there's a sense among you, right, uh, uh, read uh, writers like Richard Dawkins and some of the others, the, the God of the Old Testament particularly but even beyond that, they see as this vindictive God. He's unpredictable. You can't trust Him. There's this n- idea that God is a nasty, nasty God. <laughs> he really wants to get people. And if you read Dawkins, you'll, you look it up online, you'll see just some of the things he says about the God of the Old Testament. is like, He's not a good God. Well, in contrast to that, Psalm 67 tells us, wait a minute, God, He has a vision for the world that is a good vision. He wants to bless this world. Now, I was reading this week, just this past week, uh, in my daily reading, and I was reading through Isaiah, in fairness here. I was reading through Isaiah, and I came to Isaiah 34. We don't preach on Isaiah 34 very often. I know I never have. Listen to Isaiah 34. I'm just going to read it. It's not on, I don't have an overhead for this. But listen to what Isaiah says, or the Lord says through Isaiah. Come near, you nations, and listen. 
Pay attention, you peoples. Let the earth hear and all that is in it, the world and all that comes out of it. Brace yourselves. The Lord is angry with all nations. His wrath is on their armies. He will totally destroy them. He will give them over to slaughter. Their slain will be thrown out. Their bodies will stink. The mountains will be soaked with their blood. Wow. That's a lot different sounding than Psalm 67, isn't it? (laughs) And in fairness, how do we square the likes of Isaiah 34? That's an extreme one, I admit it. Have you preached on it before? I don't think so. Uh, how, do you, how do you square that with Psalm 67? And we don't have time to get into all of the, the details of that. But I, just in essence, it, when people throw at you texts like that, that, that's a good God, you know, the atheists or whatever who are saying, it, it's really important to read on in the text to read the the context of it. Because if you go on, he very much becomes focused on one nation, Edom. The nation that joyously celebrated at the destruction of the temple and of Jerusalem and the fall of of Judah in the Old Testament. They took advantage of that. And there's always this sense of anyone who takes that side rebelling against God and against His people, God's wrath will come, okay? But it's not as if in the extreme God just hates all the nations. In fact, God's vision, if you go on, is actually that eventually He wants to bring in the nations. So remember that. The second thing I would say is I would compare that with another, I think I have an overhead for this, Psalm 30, verses 4 and 5. I I love this text. Sing the praises of the Lord, you His faithful people. Praise His holy name. Next slide. Listen to this. For His anger lasts only for a moment, but His favor, and the, the word there, the Hebrew word for favor, has the sense of His delight, His pleasure, His favor lasts for a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Always remember that when you you compare the two, relatively speaking, God's anger is is a moment, but His favor is this long lifetime of favor. Now, that's not an, really an adequate answer, but at least it hopefully addresses, because in fairness, we do have to deal with some of those texts. We can talk more about that, or ask your pastor. He'll have all the answers for how that works. God's desire is to bless the nations. That's what Psalm 67 and, and throughout this, this Psalter were reminded of. How does God bless the nations? Just in a nutshell, verse 2 of Psalm 67, so that your ways, God's way, literally it's singular, so that God's way, His will, His desire for how people live is known, the knowledge of God's will and of His way, particularly through His Word. And the nations also come to know His salvation. And the word is Yeshua in Hebrew, 
Jesus, the name of Jesus. It really is, it's very clear in the, in the Hebrew. Okay, so that the nations know his way and his hopeful salvation. Uh, the second thing that it tells us in verse 4, and there's this incredible sense of joy that comes to the nations. That they, the joy of God's just rule and his guidance for the nations with equity, he's, he's fair, he's just, he's right in the good sense that God rules and reigns. And that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. And then finally, in verses 5 and 6, especially verse 5, he talks about the harvest. But the harvest there becomes, uh, in, in, you get to verse, in, anyway, 5 and 6, it, the harvest is symbolic of God's uh, blessing of, of the nations. That is, as the harvest comes, this idea of sort of common grace, every, you know, the harvest comes and God provides it, so His, His goodness spreads all through the nations. God's blessing, God desires to bless the nations. Okay, second thing I want to notice here, that God blesses His people so that His people are a blessing to the nations so that his people are a blessing to the nations. Now, I think this is really important because we often, you know, want to be blessed by God. Bless me, you know, Lord, Lord bless us. Full stop. Lord, just bless us. But the whole point of God's blessing is that we be a blessing. Years ago, there was a singer, some of you may remember him, Keith Green. Goes way back, I know, and he was tragically killed uh, in a plane accident, 1980, early 1980s. But Keith Green, I, I was one of my favorite uh, old uh, contemporary singers of the day. He had a song called Alive in the Light, uh, sorry, Asleep in the Light. In one of the verses, he writes these words. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing, okay? But I'll just read it. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. You know, it's all I ever hear. No one aches. No one hurts. No one even sheds one tear. But he cries. He weeps. He bleeds, and He cares for your needs. And you just lay back and keep soaking it in. Oh, can't you see it's such sin? Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. And we forget that the blessing of God comes so that we bless others. God's blessing for His people in order to be a blessing, to share the light, to spread the good news to the world. And so, God's desire for the nations should be our desire for the nations. I remember years ago, I was traveling through Thailand, and I met a, a, a missionary there, and he was sharing. He said, you know, he said, I have this aunt 
who, who lives, was a missionary in another country in Asia, I won't even say where, and he said it was things, she just saw things were going so bad in that country, she said, God should just wipe everybody out and start all over again. Well, sometimes we feel that way, but that's not God's desire. I'll, I'll be honest, I uh, pass through uh, every day when I go to work in downtown center, the seafarers center, I pass through in Vancouver the downtown east side, and I'm usually cycling or walking. And if you know Vancouver, you've probably heard of the downtown east side. It's not the nicest part of town, and it's getting worse. And I tell you, it's, it's sometimes easy to have a really negative attitude about that place and about the people there. And to keep in mind always that, wait a minute, in spite of all the, the problems, the filth, the, the, the corruption that's happening down there, the drugs and the prostitution and, and so much happening, the violence, God, God wants to bless that place. He wants to bring hope into situations like that. When we go on board ships, when I go on board ships, my goal, I have to pray it each time, is, Lord, how can I be a blessing on board this ship? How can I share your blessing, your good news? And that's for all of us, wherever we are, being a blessing, sharing the blessing. God, we are blessed to be a blessing. The third thing, Blessing is so much bigger and deeper than just good luck. And yet, I still feel that so many people kind of see blessing, God's blessing, as sort of this, you know, add-on. It's just a perk it's the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great, Lord, if you could just bless us. That'd be nice. Thank you, Lord. Or it's almost like just staying on God's good side. You might as well keep in, you know, the good books with Him because, you know, you don't want to take any chances. Cover all your bases. Let's, let's just stay in His good books. Lord, sure, Lord, bless us. But do we realize, do we really realize how much we desperately need God's blessing? That we utterly need God's blessing. This is why I think Jesus says, one of the reasons at least, why he says it is so hard for the wealthy to enter the kingdom because they so seldom realize how much we depend on God for everything. Seafarers are no different. They have various senses of, of, of religiosity and dependence on God, but every once in a while I meet a seafarer who really, who really has this sense of God and of his need for God. I, years ago, when I first started, 
five years ago, basically. I went on board this one ship. It was Monday morning. And uh, at that point, I was working. Now I take Mondays off, but it was, I was working on Monday, so I'd been off on Sunday. I came on board the ship, and I met the second officer. He's a Filipino guy. He said, I came on and said, I am from the Seafarer Center. Where were you yesterday? We needed you yesterday, he said. I said, oh, well, sorry, it was my day off. Well, we needed you. We still need you. And we ended up arranging a, a worship service on board that ship and everything. So I got chatting with him. I said, tell me a little bit about your story. What, what, what is it about you? Why, why are you so keen? He said, okay, I'll tell you my story. The last ship I was on, he said, I was chief mate still. The cap, we were in the middle of a horrendous storm. And the captain ordered me to go out on the deck to, to do something. I can't remember what it was. He said, I went out on the deck. I was going out. I was hanging on. And just as I went out, a huge wave came. And it knocked me loose. And I was floating in the wave. And he said, I knew I was going to die. And he said, at that point, he said, all I could think, he said, it's true. Your scenes of your life pass in front of your eyes. And all I could say was, Lord, watch over my family. And then he said, I said, Lord, if you could save me, that'd be really nice too. And just as I prayed that, he said, a rope kind of came, came across my chest. I grabbed onto the rope. And that's the only thing that saved me from being washed overboard. He said, I got through that. He said he dislocated his, soul, his shoulder and everything. I got through there. He said, I got back in. He said, I came in and I cussed out the captain up one side and down the other for sending me out there. But he said, that event restored my faith. He said, I need God. We need God on board this ship. Would you come and bless us with God's presence? Because these guys don't get to go to church. They don't get to, to, to meet weekly. They, they rely on devotionals today for seafarers that we give out and different kinds of devotionals. But they have no chance. But they know he knew we need God. Friends, do we realize how much, how much we need God? The result of all this, did you catch it? When the nations are blessed, what's the result? Praise. Two times it comes up in this text. Verses 3 and 5, the refrain is repeated. Verse 3 May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. Again in verse 5, may the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. That's the result of God's blessing. I'm reminded of the story of Jonah. Do you remember in Jonah? Chapter 1, where Jonah is finally in the end, and the, seafar the seafarers, the pagan seafarers, actually don't want to throw him overboard. But finally, they're forced to, and they pray to God, and they throw him overboard, and what happens? The seas are calmed, 
And we're told at the end of that text that these nations, these seafarers from the nations, at this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord, and they made vows to Him. They did a lot better than Jonah did, actually. They praised the Lord. One other story from the seafarer. One Christmas, just before Christmas, um, I had a couple of seafarers come in. There was a couple of, uh, of their Filipina friends, some gals, who had moved to Vancouver area, but they were classmates. And so they showed up at the seafarers center one night and said, we want to meet our two friends. They're coming here. And we haven't, they're classmates. We haven't seen them in years. And so we're going to meet. I said, that's great. Hang out. And so the two guys came in a bit later from one of the ships. And they, they came in, and so they met, and then they greeted each other, and it's so good to see you. And then the one of the seafarers turned to me, and he said, where's your chapel? I need to go to your chapel. And I said, come with me. It's right back here. We have a beautiful little chapel in, in the seafarer center. I said, you can come. He came in, and the seafarer, he got in there, and I said, you know, and I was just saying, just take as long as you need. He took his jacket off dropped to his knees, and as I was leaving, I heard him say, Oh, Lord, praise you. Thank you for bringing us through that storm, through those seas. He was praising God because God, God had been there. God had blessed, and God had kept him. We're going to hear a blessing in a little while. What does it mean to you that God blessed you? You know, earlier on in the, the service, Pastor Jason said, you know, this is a special day, and then it was an extra special day, and then it was an extra, extra special day. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's an extra, extra, extra special day today. Because today, in the Jewish calendar, is actually the, the last day of Sukkot, of the uh, Feast of Tabernacles. The festival, you know, the seven-day festival of uh, when they live in booths, the Feast of Booths, or the Feast of Tabernacles. Today is the seventh day. It is known as Hoshana Rabbah, the great Hosanna. And on this day, they don't just march around the altar, but usually around the synagogue. They don't just march around once. They march around seven times, and they carry fruits. They carry especially, they're called the lulav and the etrog. Um, they're, they're different uh, uh, fruits and, and, and harvest things, and they carry them around, and they march seven times around, celebrating, and it's a, because Hoshana or Hosanna means, well, Lord, save us, but it became just this, praise the Lord. <laughs> They're praising the Lord for the harvest and for everything God does. Tomorrow is known as Simchat Torah, the rejoicing in the law, in the Torah, that God gave the law. And it's the end of the cycle of readings of the law, and they start over again. They read the last part of Deuteronomy, and they read the beginning of Genesis. Just kick off the year again. And they party. And let me tell you, they know how to party. I've been to these. I've been to, we have a synagogue we go to now and then. And, and I joined them. And once I even got to carry a Torah scroll around the altar and, and to march around because they celebrate 
the harvest, and so much more. Hoshana Rabbah, the great Hosanna. And that is today. It's an extra, extra, extra special day. May God bless you. And thank you again for, for being a blessing to the nations in so many ways, including to the seafarers. And keep them in your prayers, please. Would you bow with me? Father, thank you for for your blessing and for your goodness and that your anger is for a moment relative to your favor, your delight, which is for a lifetime. Lord, I pray your blessing for this people, your people gathered here at Ebenezer CRC. I thank you that they can be a blessing to the world, and, and may they realize more and more just how, how vitally they need you, Lord, to bless them for the crops, for the harvest, but for all of life and living. And I thank you that they can be a blessing to the world around them. We do pray for seafarers from around the world who, who travel far from home and face challenges, face temptations. Remind them of your goodness, Lord, and of your desire to bless them. Help us to be a blessing to them and to those around the world, whether locally here or wherever they are. May the peoples praise you, Lord. May all the peoples praise you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll close. I think there's a song. Invite the team to come forward.